0: Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the globe. And then, as we always do, we break those records. We're we're the
1: Tom Brady Brady of
0: uh, podcasts. Yes, we are. We're huge. (laughs) We're huge. My name is Jody Jenkins. My
1: name is Tony Clement.
0: And, Tony, we're going to get right to it because we have such an amazing guest today, an interesting guest. And I want to sorry, I'm a little distracted because I've been binge watching The Office and I, I, I just I'm just My. so obsessed with the way they do that show. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just am addicted to it. The British and I've never one or the
1: American that. one?
0: No, the British one sucks. I tried to watch that. for Oh, a bit, come on. Ricky is. He's great. It, no, that's, that show is terrible. I'm sorry. The okay. The American version is 10 times better, if not 100 times better. But anyway, I just feel like Andy Bernard, you know, the nard dog from the, uh, the American version of the office, or maybe you don't, but no, I just know wait, the
1: British wait. version.
0: Oh my, buddy, <laughs> you gotta like the, the, I, oh, I, I lasted about 30 seconds with the British version. It was like what is this?
1: What is going on there? Yeah,
0: exactly. Anyway, we're going off on a, uh, going down a rabbit hole there. Um, but what I was going to say was I just, if you watch the American version, the way they talk to the camera all the time, I feel like I'm kind of in an episode because I, I know a, you know, know, stop and start staccato kind of approach to my. My talking, so I do apologize for that. But I'm just stuck in office mode, I guess.
1: You are, but you you miss being in an office so much. You have to watch it on
0: television. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, I mean, I do miss being in an office. Believe it or not, the little things, the little things, a return to normalcy. Okay, um, gotta thank John Mutton at Municipal Solutions, our presenting sponsor. Uh, the team there doing amazing work. And Tony, I know you got some details on what they do.
1: Yes, the Muttonator has been very busy with his team since his return from exile in Warsaw. So they're, they've got a lot going on. Uh, they're doing a lot right now. I know that for a fact. Uh, an, a market analysis for sure. Uh, strategic planning. They do a lot on a stakeholder and government relations, municipal government, provincial government, doesn't matter, and public policy development. So, John Mutton at the team, municipalsolutions.ca for all of your municipal solutions and general needs uh when you're dealing with government at any level they're really really good and they also help with uh as he said on our show if, if you've got an issue with your local municipality they can help you through the process so see john and the gang at municipal
0: also we got to give a shout out to poly track chris and the crew there another recent sponsor
1: Yeah, they're they're great. And they keep retweeting and uh, and encouraging uh, through their social media. So we really want to thank Chris for that. PolyTrack with a Q, they offer government relations pros a secure hub to store their advocacy data. This is so important, Jody, because you know, when you're a GR professional, I'm not you're not, but if you were if we were, you got to comply. There's so much compliance that that is legally required. It takes up a lot of time. So what they can do is be your hub for compliance. Stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, key messages, you have that advocacy data at your fingertips which means you spend less time on compliance and more time growing your practice visit polytrack.com and mention and another thing podcast when you sign up and you receive white glove onboarding service free 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 including tutorial and Q&A for your team your gr pros uh, out there. I know you need something like polytrack.com. So visit them at your earliest opportunity. And now we have a new sponsor, brand new sponsor, Jody. Yes, on I, did
0: want, I, I did want to mention too, that I am not, as you mentioned, a GR professional, but I do play one on TV. Yeah, that's I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, so, weren't yes, in, so we do.
1: <laughs> were you in scandal or something? I don't know. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a new, uh, a new sponsor. And I know that we're excited to, about this new partner. So tell us a little bit about Think. Is it Think Data or Think Data?
1: Well, I'm going to say Think Data. Think Data Works is the name of the company. Brian Smith and the gang. Brian was a former staffer of mine. Then he got smart and left my employee, started up this great company, Think Data Works, and they're doing some amazing stuff. Jody, did you know that by 2023, organizations that promote data sharing over the siloed data ownership model will outperform their peers apparently that's no. going to be the case yeah okay. and so if you don't have proper data governance infrastructure your organization could be subject to severe fines for mishandling data so that's where think data works comes in you get trusted data security leading access uh, control and faster insights and solutions so if you're and if you're a government listening or if you're a business listening uh, think data works is uh, is amazing because they can provide up-to-date data for all your uh, po- public policy needs your trade interests as a municipality or as a province so go to thinkdataworks.com or you can go to Twitter at Think Data Works or Instagram at ThinkDataHumans. And we want to thank them for their sponsorship.
0: Wow. It feels like uh, we've run out of time now. <laughs> I know. That's it. I hope
1: you've enjoyed the show. <laughs>
0: yes, it's been great. We'll see you next week yeah. <laughs> on the sponsor podcast. Okay. So we have an exciting guest today. We've just been lining up amazing guests on our program, but I guess that's why we're top of the heap when it comes to podcasts. In the world, not just Canada, the world.
1: Yes, we're and huge. breaking those records.
0: Yes, we're huge. Um, as you mentioned, we're the we are the Tom Brady of of podcasts. <laughs> we're the goat, the greatest of all time. Okay, uh, enough about us, <laughs> Tony. I know yes, that. Please. I know that you want to introduce our guest, and we have some hard hitting questions. So let's well, get
1: to it. I really am very excited to have as another fantastic and another thing podcast guest, uh, her worship. Bonnie Crombie, who is the mayor of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. And let me tell you a little bit about Bonnie. She's uh, an amazing uh, politician, a great public servant. I got to know her in 1994, if you can believe that, when I was running for municipal council, uh, she offered to help me to do that. And that was my first race for public office, and she was there for me. Uh, We went on to... uh, uh, to be on different sides of the political divide for a while because she was a liberal member of parliament for mississauga and of course i was a conservative mp uh, but uh, we always had the greatest respect for one another and then uh, she went on to succeed uh, hazel mccallion and become the mayor of mississauga and she's been doing a fantastic job there so let's give and another thing podcast welcome to mayor bonnie crombie
0: welcome
2: Oh, thank you for that great introduction, Tony. Sometimes I wonder how your career may have changed if you had won that municipal election. Maybe you'd be mayor of Toronto.
1: Well, funny you should say that because, of course, I was beaten by David Miller, who went on, becoming mayor.
2: You go on to be mayor.
1: Yeah, and I said I've I've said to David many times, thank you for beating me in <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> Toronto election because it meant I had a provincial and federal career. Hey, can we say happy birthday to you? Because I know it was oh, your birthday thank recently. You.
2: Thank yeah. you. It was Friday, the you know, the weekend celebration. It didn't end. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I have been uh, is celebrating together.
1: <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, I know it's not the same because we can't go out and party, uh, but uh, it's great to have family nearby. So happy birthday to Mayor. Connie Crombie. So we have to start. We do this with a lot of our guests who are in positions of authority. And uh, I'd love to get your take. And I know that this is being taped and will be broadcast a little bit later. But just give us the 40,000 foot view of the state of the pandemic in Mississauga and what's going on in your fair city
2: sure well thank you well things are turning a corner which is so positive you know two weeks ago we were over 200 cases per hundred thousand per day and now we're almost 120 and uh there have been three days last week where i was in double digits not in triple digits so big relief and our positivity rate has gone down from seven percent so well it's ten percent and Uh, Last week it was seven. I predicted it'll be five or 6% uh, positivity rate um, when I get the newest epidemiology report. Um, And things are looking great. Uh, uh, My bylaw tells me that they didn't have to break up any Super Bowl parties. Uh Uh, So that's really good news for me. Uh, Everybody was behaving themselves or they were acting under the radar. I like to believe they were behaving themselves. Um, There are a few gyms. I, I know you mentioned gyms gyms earlier uh, that were open when they shouldn't have been a couple of private gatherings in commercial spaces Um, we call those speakeasies late at night Mm. and we're on that Uh, we're on that and then there were a couple of uh, large uh, residential gatherings and you know we don't proactively drive through the streets looking for those uh, your neighbours will call those into us and we do those uh, reactively. So if they see a lot of cars gathered in your house and music blaring, well, guess what? You'll get a knock on the door by bylaw, right? right. Things are calming down now that we are seem to be coming out of lockdown. Let's just also talk about the hospitals. The good news yeah. is that in Peel region, uh, we vaccinated 30,000 people, and these are, of course, frontline healthcare workers, essential workers who are working in our long term care facilities, and all of our long term care residents, and many of those in the uh, most impacted uh, uh, seniors' homes. So that's very good news. The hospitals are regaining capacity, which is great. We have you know, a third of the number of people. Uh, inpatient and in ICU than we did just three weeks ago. So that is fantastic news. Um, It has helped that other hospitals have, uh, have allowed us to transfer patients, including COVID patients to them. We have transferred over 100 at Trillium Health Partners and William Osler Hospital in Brampton, and Tony, of course, you would know, uh, have transferred over 200 patients, half of them being COVID patients, far and wide, whoever had capacity, whether they were hospitals in the, in Toronto, the city of Toronto, sometimes it was Burlington. It also has been Hamilton and Niagara. So we thank those other regions um, for taking our people uh, at a very critical time. Uh, so, but the hospitals are now regaining capacity. Um, And I think that elective surgeries will be back very soon as well, I'd say by April, um, that had been cut back. So this is all very good news. Uh, And when we have more of the vaccine to be distributed, we have a plan to do so uh, both at our hospitals um, and also uh, through mass immunization centers as well. And there will be a very... Uh, be a re- not a region-wide, a province-wide registration system that I think they're still working out the kinks for. But things are turning a corner, finally. Uh, I-, I think that the lockdown measures have helped. Uh, and I know everyone is very, very eager that things begin to reopen and they have to reopen safely, of course, with uh, capacity limitations. And, you know, we're gonna stagger the reopening as it starts happening in and other regions and then ours, because of course we were a hotspot. Um, and, and, You know, Mississauga, was doing very well. But of course, we're in a region with Brampton. And Tony, you will know that a lot of the essential workers right. live in Brampton. And so any of the workplace outbreaks affected the numbers in Brampton. And that's why we were seeing surges in the numbers in Brampton, but affected Mississauga being the one one public health unit as well.
1: Right. So, uh, and, and I'm not trying to uh, drive a wedge between Brampton and Mississauga, but uh, you, <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we did have uh, Patrick uh, Brown... Uh, Uh, the mayor of Brampton on the show earlier and he was talking about the you know these essential workers and the ones in the meat packing plants and uh, the delivery centers and so on. Do you uh, where for the just talking about Mississauga where did the cases come from if you don't have that sort of cross-section of people uh, how were people getting COVID in Mississauga?
2: So we have, as you know, we're one of the largest employers in Canada. We have 94,000 businesses, 75 Fortune 500 companies, um, and, and many of the manufacturing plants uh, actually physically existed in Mississauga, uh, and many of the workers lived in Brampton. So uh-huh. some of that was workplace outbreak. I'll take credit for some of that. But what we had was community spread more than workplace spread, as he was describing. It was just community spread, um, and it less defined, because obviously when It was a workplace you could isolate it shut it down clean it send the workers home uh, address all those issues make them quarantine for two weeks before they come back so you know as tough as it was it it was spreading in the households so we had household spread and then we were we were seeing community spread which is a little less defined and and really harder to, to identify and to deal with and you know for a long period of time between i would say august september and today we were seeing the younger age groups, the younger demographics spread being the spreaders, right? Uh, And of course, it's really the seniors, the elderly that are most negatively impacted. And of course, most of the deaths occur, Uh, 75% of the deaths occur among people who are 80 plus, and then probably 80% of the deaths among 70 plus. Uh, So that just leaves 20% for everyone else. So we saw that spread through the community, uh, more so than workplace. Uh, But certainly, there was an element of that as well.
1: I mean, Mississauga is a relatively young city. By that, I mean your demographics. So, uh, did you have any special communications to millennials and uh, Gen Zers to to impress upon them the importance of staying home?
2: Well, of course we try it. I mean, we're all on every platform just about. You know, certainly I'm very active on social media, as is Mayor Brown. We're both active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Now, I haven't ventured into TikTok yet. you not a
1: TikToker. My staff a
2: little reluctant to get me on TikTok. It's a big commitment, because you have to have content, and it has to be interesting. And, you know, if they like you, great. You better turn out something else even more interesting next week, or you are finished your career on TikTok. <laughs> so we have I haven't ventured on that platform. I don't know. You if have you're, to learn how to sing. It on it.
1: You have to learn how to sing sea shanties, apparently
2: apparently right so there's that diff- different trend every week the songs are different the you know the the themes are different it d- just evolves so quickly so you almost need a person dedicated to that and of course at the city we don't have those kind of resources so we have not gone on a TikTok but if certainly there has been plenty of messaging and uh, you know I tried my best in the beginning of COVID I'd say for the first six months was doing videos first of all every day then you know a couple times a week then every week and just uh, at press conferences we we, we try as much. We have um, Peel Region is doing much of the communications, the comms work, uh, as well as well as the city. We tried as many platforms as we could, but of course... You know with the young people they're infallible invincible and immoral. so it's very hardy once you get the message across that they absorb it and realize that uh, hey yeah it does mean you and you could be seriously impacted we have lost people in their 20s we've lost people in their 30s um, but I think they were well aware that they may have mild symptoms um, and and uh, not be sick for long periods of time the risk was always that they were spreading it or that they were asymptomatic spreaders to other people who did have underlying health conditions or to their families their extended families their parents and grandparents who would see a much more serious impact.
1: Hey I um, I, uh, I know we're going to get on to some other topics but I do have to ask about what Mississaugans are telling you about the vaccine rollout because this is obviously a topic of major political conversation in our country for obvious right. reasons. So what, so what are you hearing?
2: So let's just talk about The first thing, which is vaccine hesitancy. Mm. And, you know, whereas I said we have all our long-term care homes vaccinated, we do with all the residents, but only 44% of the staff took up the vaccine. Really? Wow yep and there's a, a large degree in the hospitals as well that weren't weren't uh, we're reluctant to take the vaccine now there are a number of factors not just because it's the vaccine and yes there are some people who think it was you know produced too quickly too many unknowns what will the long term impacts be Will we have to do it every year will it protect me against every variant there's some of that some of it was just inconvenient they didn't want to come into work on their day off or go into the vaccination center so there was a, a bunch of variables on why not all of them were vaccinated but everybody who wanted it certainly received it and uh uh and they will be offered it again as soon as the new batch comes in and they it should be in by the end of the month or early in march i believe before we have the most vaccines so um you know i'm hearing what you are that we could have done more to protect ourselves, whether it's production in Canada or, you know, I know, I understand that there are countries that paid a premium to to ensure that they were front of the list, front of the line uh, for vaccine delivery. Um, you know, I, I can understand why the, the Prime Minister didn't want to do that. He, you know, whatever's the fair rate should be charged to everyone, uh, but certainly there is a delay. And I think some of that is because production capacity is being increased, uh, especially with Pfizer with their new Belgian plant uh, and, and Moderna as well or production delays and and you know of course they're making mil- probably billions of batches of these things so right. I understand how that could happen but nonetheless I, I see that the federal government uh, is taking a lot of the blame and fairly or unfairly I mean I you know I if they were we weren't willing to pay the premium that some other smaller countries were um, then I, I suppose Uh, You know, I can't blame them when there are production issues. Um, It would have been nice, especially as uh, speaking as a mayor who's very proud of having a very vibrant uh, life sciences sector and having over 450 companies that uh, exist here in Mississauga. We do have... uh, Uh, Certainly GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, AstraZeneca, all present here. These are companies that could have been in the production business right here in Mississauga. So, you know, uh, I I think if I were in his shoes, I would have also um, investigated whether there was production capacity domestically and got that going as well.
1: Jody Jenkins, I'm going to uh, go off on a different tangent with our uh, guest, uh, Mayor Bonnie Crombie. But before I do, do you have anything you want to talk to her about?
0: Well, the only thing I was going to say is just uh, for common knowledge, and then I have a, a question, but I was born at Mississauga General Hospital and wow. grew up grew up on uh, Cothra Road, and my, my grandma and grandpa grew up on Dixie. So I guess my question is, what would it take to have, like, a street or a monument built in my name.
2: What? That's an interesting question. Uh, when we were growing quickly actually I'm I not I live in your hood. I'm in the Cawthra and Lakeshore area. So not too far from where you grew up and where your grandparents are today. Uh, I've since I've moved, I spent twenty years on Mississauga Road, but now I'm closer to the lake and just love it here. Uh, I'm right basically on the waterfront trail and my daughter and I spend a lot of time, you know, just taking our long walks along the waterfront trail that's so beautiful or into Port Credit. So so we used to auction those off at some of the charity events you could get a street naming if you know you were willing to pay the price and donate that money to charity but that seems to have uh, ended uh, we're not building out the way we used to we are building beautiful new subdivisions in, in on the waterfront as you know we have the Lakeview development which was where the OPG lands were Ontario Power Generation mm-hmm. uh, and 167 acres being built there and another development Brightwater uh, and that is where The Texaco Imperial Oil refinery was for many many years, seventy-two acres on the foot of Lakeshore Mississauga Road, Um, and then there's redevelopment will occur as well uh, along the Port Credit Marina. So perhaps in one of the new developments, maybe contact you know one of those development consortiums and say, hey, if you're looking for some new names, I think Jody or Jenkins Lane uh, might be be perfect. It's going
1: to be a cul-de-sac for Jody, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think that would be be perfect a perfect idea now quickly too before i move back to tony would i get like fined by bylaw if i put like a small plaque on like a stop sign near kathra or yeah, dixie or you
2: put it on the stop sign you might you might get fined right okay you're better off giving those giving those consortium those developers a call and saying you have some suggestions for naming and then maybe they'll maybe they'll be willing to sell you a naming opportunity if you donate it to the chair their charities which are largely arts related or indigenous community Related. They're doing a lot for the arts communities. We've got some beautiful hoarding that's covering up the Lakeview development, all painted by local artists. And they had a big really? run running stunning stunning and in the summer they have uh, they've planted a million sunflowers so just beautiful what's happening over there and those two communities are actually very unique because they were planned and zoned with largely input from the from residents from the neighboring communities from the residents associations we did it all with residents we didn't this wasn't a a top-down approach it was bottom-up the residents told us how they wanted those communities to look and how much how much density they would permit etc. So, very, very unique approach. And of course, just a plug for my Lakeview and my Brightwater developments, but all cutting edge technology. We're looking at district heating, vacuum waste, uh, you know, a lot of the smart technology as well. So, state of the art, uh, mixed use communities on the waterfront. It's going to be so beautiful.
1: Well, Jody, there's your chance, my friend. You can, immortality in Mississauga is coming your way
2: there you go they've only turned down <laughs> a few names of course the you know if you have too many uh too many letters or too many consonants not enough vowels there the odd name gets turned down but not too many right duplicate. Right. There's a Krombie, actually i don't know if i can get a crombie lane and there's already a bonnie which had nothing to do with me but
1: <laughs> oh well maybe someday you never know you wow. never no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I uh, I do want to go to some um, some amazing Mississauga citizens because you've I mean uh, in the arts community, uh, sports. I think of uh, Bianca Andriscu, I think of Jason Spezza. Just uh, to name a couple,
2: R.J. Uh, Barrett.
1: Yeah, there's a, a lot of great Mississaugans out there. Do, do you? Is it something that you're trying to promote from a cultural point of view?
2: Yeah, don't. So we have great uh, athletes, of course. We have great musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Triumph is uh, uh, is from Mississauga. Yeah, don't Gilmore is a, is working is there. a boy too. Yeah. right. We have a lot of great talent. Uh, downtown's blues band, Chuck Jackson, grew up here, as did his. His, uh, uh brother, Mike, who was on 1010 for many years.
1: Now, did you know, I just did a little bit of research before this. Look at you. Did you know that Colonel Sanders lived in Mississippi?
2: Yes. Oh, you were watching In Saga. I have a show with uh, <laughs> with Colin every Tuesday afternoon. Uh, yes, I did know he lived. He lived in the, in the Gordon Woods area.
1: But right? He lived there for like 15 years or something like that.
2: That's correct. That's correct. And and jazz great too. Oscar Peterson.
1: Oh, well, of course, Oscar Peterson, but I'm just fixated on Colonel. Colonel Jody, Jody, did you know Colonel Sanders lived in Mississauga?
0: No, I had no idea. I had (laughs) no idea. Well, I tell you. Can you
2: you, imagine walking the waterfront trail and running into Colonel Sanders? (laughs) I know. I know. It's
1: just, it's part of like, it was, I guess he, he left in, in 1980 uh so i don't know whether he left for the big chicken coop in the sky or whether he just moved out but uh <laughs> holy smokes.
2: i think he was married and lived here for a long time yeah we have a lot of talent paul henderson lives here as well uh so many we have uh, a music walk of fame down in the waterfront uh, Import credit, and then we have our Legends Row, which mm. is all those key personalities from that have come from Mississauga, and we honor them by with plaques uh, right in our celebration square in our civic precinct and at City Hall.
1: I mean, it's, it's important for people to have pride of place, right? And it's so tough when you're right next to Toronto, which is, of, of course, the big giant culturally and, uh, I guess, historically, uh, Mississauga is sure. really a relatively young well, city. Well, that
2: but... talent comes here, and people don't recognize the difference or the distinction, and they think that Toronto, actually some of those folks came from Mississauga, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so we but have I a mean... lot of talent here. We always, I always like to say how the city shines with talent.
1: Now uh, I've got to ask. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air about you know you 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 get to uh, work out and you've got a, a couple of gym equipment things going on in your basement and so on. Uh, you know because you've got a lot of stress as a mayor, especially in this time, but even ordinarily uh, the stress of a public official people don't recognize it. So uh, what are you what are you watching on Netflix these days? Oh.
2: That's a great question. Oh, I I, I heard you guys talking about it earlier. So uh, I think the first wave, shall we call it, I watched Billions. Um, mm. and then I segued into around the holidays just before the holiday season into Scandal I know you, of course we're all political junkies yes. and from there there was only one other place to go it was re-watch Designated Survivor which is f- largely filmed in Toronto anyways right. and then uh, my daughter and I did a binge Saturday, Bridgerton Saturday and did all, I don't know, eight episodes or whatever it was, one Saturday afternoon into late evening, it was a lot of fun. That's so we are uh, still on Designated Survivor and then taking such Suggestions are uh, uh like you, I like all those political themed shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know there but that's not that's not taking a holiday from it. That's getting more into it.
2: I know it's what I love though. <laughs> or or you know before the swearing in we would just watch CNN to see what the latest was happening south of the border. That was entertaining sometimes too.
1: Was it was it tough sometimes I, I, I and uh, I I've talked about this on air too. Uh as a Canadian politician so much uh, political oxygen was taken by the u.s politics uh it
2: was. you know and and, and, you know, to and, to, and to take the high road and of course you never comment on what goes on in another country uh, especially among their leadership so you know sometimes i just shook my shook my head but yeah 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 and there was certainly a lot there seems to be let's just say today there seems to be a much more civility decorum um and certainty uh, a lot, lot more certainty
1: well, it's interesting times, Bonnie Crombie. We want to thank you for your service. in. Oh,
2: thank you. Thank you. Oh, and you were asking about the, the stress. The stress is that uh, we have the downstairs gym. My daughter and I are members of the local F45 franchise. And so when we can't go there or do it in the parking lot or indoors, we all follow along uh, online. So, so they oh, say, them if I can't do it live, a live class, then we can, as we did this morning, in fact, we missed the 7.30 class, started a bit late and just pulled it up and worked out in our in the basement.
1: Well, you got to do that stuff, right, Jody? Yeah, that yes,
2: and, you, you know,
0: do. Got to do it. Got to do it.
2: Walks along the waterfront and the hikes along the Cullum Trail, all, all help for mental health. Well,
1: Jody, I'm going to leave the last word to you to thank our guest.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Mayor Crombie. We appreciate your time. We wish you nothing but the best. And as uh, as always, you're welcome back anytime to the show.
2: Thanks so very much, Jody. I look forward to seeing the Jody Jenkins Lane over at my new <laughs> Lake or Brightwater Developments. Thank you, there both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Another excellent program A ton of information there from Mayor Crombie, a lot of fun. And did you ever get into any any battles with her in the house at all?
1: We tried to stay away from one another uh, because we had a personal friendship, uh, if I could put it that way. There was one time where I crossed the line and she was upset with me, as probably she should have been. I was a little bit partisan on her um but uh, generally uh, you know look uh, she's been a close friend since 1994 so uh, you know that's i knew that there would be a time after partisan politics where i wanted to still have her as a friend so that's the way it is now
0: that's good no she was a lot of fun so she'd uh, she'd be welcome back anytime anytime Any, well we got to wrap this up so and again a big shout out to john mutton and the crew at municipal solutions find them online at MunicipalSolutions.ca. they are our presenting sponsor. And Tony, you've got two other companies you want to mention that are yeah, great thank partners. You. Thanks
1: again to Polytrack, polytrackwiththeq.com. Visit them if you're a GR pro. And our latest, newest sponsor, want to really thank Think Data Works at thinkdataworks.com, Twitter, ThinkDataWorks, and IG, Think Data Humans, are great, a great data company for all of your big data needs.
0: Awesome. Well, Tony, we'll do this again in seven days. Enjoy the rest of your week.
1: You bet, bud.